This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. The government's suite of proposals handed down in last night's budget has received some mixed reviews and backlash from stakeholders who believe Treasurer Jim Chalmers missed certain opportunities. Here with me to shed some light on those key issues is HRB man Judd, wealth management partner Michael Hutton. Michael, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure. Let's start with a measure that will potentially impact the financial services industry the most, and that is the plan to double concessional tax rates for super balances over $3 million from 15 to 30%. That was flagged some time ago. What's your view? Some stakeholders are calling for the consultation to reopen, whereas others say it's beneficial. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not in that camp, I guess. I don't see it as being that beneficial other than to raise a bit of extra revenue and, and probably not a lot of extra revenue for that matter. Um, but I think it's got a few whiskers on it. And One is that it's $3 million per individual, but that's not the same as saying $6 million for a couple. Um, and, and, and I think that's a shame because it, you know, it doesn't means that if someone had a $5 million super fund, $4 million in one partner's name, $1 million in the other partner's name, you can't just sort of just subtly take out a million dollars or two million dollars out of the larger balance and add it to the lower balance member uh, and therefore still be within the uh, the construct of the three million dollar limit so that'd be one point I, I think the fact that it's not indexed is problematic because it may not apply to a huge number of people at the moment but it's um, but but it's quite a few and uh, and particularly self many super fund uh, members uh, but over time it will apply to more and more people, I believe. Uh, and I think also to say it's, it goes from a 15% tax rate to a 30% tax rate is a little bit misleading as well on that part above the $3 million because the, the way it works, the bit above the $3 million that is um, attracting that extra tax, it, it's not just on earnings or taxable income, it's on uh, unrealised gains as well. Uh, and so it's kind of a bigger impost than just saying an extra 15% tax rate on that bit over the $3 million. So you know, I'm, I guess I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan of the way that it's measured and the fact that that's going to be have to be uh, administered through the tax office. I'm, I'm really uh, uh, think they're going to struggle to get that administration seamless. Well, another point that has been greatly debated is where the money saved from this initiative should be allocated. Government has now explained it's being used to offset money pits like the NDIS and boost the economy. However, there has been a call to allocate the savings to the paid parental leave scheme and help close the super gap. What makes the most sense given the current macroeconomic climate? Yeah, probably that uh, that issue I was raising before about it not being a family limit it's a specific to individuals. I'd, I'd say that often it's uh, Female that has has a lower balance in the fund compared to the if they have a male partner, uh, and so if it was allocated to the parental leave scheme, I think that would make some that'd be a nice um, tie in there. But generally speaking, I'm not that fussed on where extra revenue for the government gets allocated. It's as long as it's, as it's well spent. Generally, would be my main view. Well, there was also a surprise announcement around the non-arms length income provisions. What do you make of that? Some have said it's still too confusing. It, it's certainly still confusing, <laughs> but they're at least they're saying now that it's um, 
you're paying the extra tax on two times the amount of extra income or the amount of um, expenses that are not incurred, arms length expenses that are not incurred. Uh, so it's two times instead of five times. Uh, that's getting back to a more realistic sort of uh, uh, impost. But generally, it's a fairly, um, uh, it's still a fairly confusing sort of an issue, I'd, I'd say. On that note, what are the biggest things for financial advisors to be aware of in this budget for their clients and what's in it for the advisors themselves? For the advisors themselves, I'd say there's a a truckload of uh, advice opportunities, advice needs out there. So if we were looking for extra work to do, then um, that's going to be coming down the, uh, the train track at us. But in terms of client situations, I think that $3 million limit is a big one on the super. I'm sort of trying to think through why people would still have greater than $3 million in superannuation. Why not take it out and invest the money, say, personally or through another entity such as an investment company? Uh, Now, one reason might be because they can't take it out because they haven't met a condition of release or it might incur tax to take it out or or whatever or, or the assets might be illiquid in their fund and so it's too difficult to to get the money out of the fund. Assuming the um, stage three tax cuts do come through, which were in last night's um, budget papers, are still being slated for 1 July 20, uh, 2024, people can earn up to $200,000, individuals can earn up to $200,000 and still pay no more than a 30% marginal tax rate, 15% on capital gains. So why would they have capital gains in a super fund on which they're incurring extra tax and with no no discount concession and they're incurring that tax on unrealised gains, not just realised gains, whereas as an individual you're only incurring that capital gains tax on realised gains. So I think there's going to be a lot of restructuring required uh, for people with greater than $3 million in super uh, and that might be to set up personal investment portfolios, uh, joint portfolios with a spouse, or maybe even an entity such as a family trust or an investment company. So that's going to take a uh, that's going to take a lot of um, a lot of thought over the next twelve months, I'd say. And that, I guess, will impact advisors' clients. Uh, absolutely, it will. And 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 I'd, I'd also say there's a big focus on super funds, self-managed super funds particularly because it's the the um, public offer funds don't tend to have many balances of greater than $3 million. But um, there's a lot of focus then on being property investments within self-managed funds. But this, it also applies to BHP shares and managed funds and so forth because they, you know, they have unrealized gains as well. It's just that they're more liquid when it comes to being able to find the cash to pay the tax. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a fair bit of um, uh, rearranging of, of financial affairs once the stationary tax cuts come in and then a year later when the $3 million uh, limit on superannuation accounts comes in before that extra tax is imposed. And what about advisors themselves? Do you think they can take away any wins from the budget? Oh, I don't know. I, th- I think the fact that there's not a lot of other changes to um, financial matters is is good. 
uh, you know, advisors are feeling the pinch of of um, keeping up with with the constant stream of changes that have been thrown at us over the years. Uh, and in terms of advisors' own businesses, I, you know, if this budget is not too inflationary and so if interest rates do start to come down, then advisors that have personally got borrowings themselves will be um, better off if interest rates come down. So all in all, it's a, it's a fairly measured budget, I, I believe. But I think you know, some of these specific announcements for superannuation are um, they're going to take a bit of digesting. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing those insights today. Okay, that's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 